Welcome back to Hack the Industry. Tune into each episode of this podcast to learn from startup and corporate experts about where software is taking industries. Today on the show, we have Amar Shah and Sonia Nigam. They are co-founders of Change, a company on a mission to power the giving economy. With an easy checkout integration for brands, Change is looking to eliminate the time and resources spent on connecting, vetting, and integrating with nonprofits. On this episode, you'll hear about what Change is working on, as well as the following topics. Relevant nonprofit integrations, learnings from Stripe, nonprofit software struggles, and API economy trends. Enjoy. So Amar and Sonia, uh, in the current moment, why is it such an exciting time to work in your industry? Yeah, most definitely. Well, Amar and I are always talking about how the speed of culture is moving faster and faster. And there's a heightening demand from customers to make brands stand up. And now more than ever, consumers really do support brands that align with their values. So to be able to continue to connect with that end customer, brands have to take a stand. They have to, you know, portray their beliefs publicly, and they have to really connect with their customers through that. And at the end of the day, this is all on social media. This is all online and everything is visible. So there's this new era of giving where the generation expects brands to be a part of their social impact story, but also they expect it to be very public and very vocal. We really wanted to focus on really creating value in some way and giving back. And the, the mission that we ultimately kind of set out on is to help you support the causes that you care about. And basically, you know, what that means in practice is that currently what we're doing is change empowers brands to basically give back at the speed of culture through our Shopify app. So if you're a merchant um, and you're on Shopify, you can easily add roundups, donation matching, a percentage of purchase, all post checkout. And it's just an easy way for brands to power their social impact story. Yeah, and just adding on to that, I mean, Umar and I always, we circle back to the fact that augmenting a routine is the quickest way to make big change. So just a small tweak here and there in, you know, everyday actions can make a massive difference in the long run, and it starts to make giving second nature. And so that's what really excites us about this idea of embedding this into the everyday commerce story. Yeah, so um, kind of walk, talking about how, you know, what exactly your product is and, and what it is you're selling. Um, so I believe you created basically a several APIs, right, that brands can basically easily integrate with in their checkout page um, and uh, and allow for their customers to then choose which brands that they uh, would have a portion of their transaction go towards. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. We came up with, you know, to your exact point, a bunch of API endpoints that make it easy for merchants to actually align with different nonprofits. And they can add it into checkout, like you just mentioned, but they can also add it into their rewards programs or maybe just into a really bespoke product experience. We actually think that commerce as a whole isn't just checkout. It's just every interaction with a product. And so by making our API a lot more agnostic, uh, we can really power, you know, those interesting use cases in Uber or, you know, in Robinhood. And we always love talking about dream cases so we can go into it. But uh, there's a lot of things that we can do with this API. Sony just brought up Robinhood, but there's also Gusto. And what these other companies basically did was take some 
industry where there's a complicated, you know, set of processes, for instance, with Gusto, like payroll processing, paying benefits, taxes, all this concept is very difficult. And they made it very easy for a company just to get up and going in, in less than a day, basically. So that's exactly what we want to do with social impact and donations. And as Sonia was mentioning, commerce and checkout is just one component. So, you know, with these really other unique cases, we think about where, you know, for instance, if you have solar panels, being able to donate your energy that you're giving and donating it, donating it overseas or another one is with hinge so you're swiping through dating profiles and you're on that 30th swipe and all of a sudden instead of yeah, you're proposed to donate to a mental mental health research nonprofit, or you're playing fortnite and you shoot a few trees down and then you get to plant a couple trees in you know somewhere overseas so like these are really the unique cases that we're looking to power over time there's a lot of big platforms out there, especially, you know, one that comes to mind, obviously, is Amazon um, and their their platform for Amazon Smile, which is a similar sort of charity give back um, solution. And so I'm curious, you know, with with what it is that you guys are building, um, you mentioned the parallels with Gusto and Robinhood. You, you talked about how um, you're kind of really making it easy for brands to empower their consumers and for consumers to empower brands. Um, what do you think is really that competitive advantage that change has or what is kind of that disruptive um, uh, angle that you're bringing to the space when it comes to specifically the application of software and APIs? One of the biggest things that we're looking to hone in on is the psychology of modern giving and why people give today the way that they give. And one of the things that we focus on is that they want to be visible. And as we were talking about earlier, the age of anonymous giving is dead. So when we you know, look at ourselves compared to Amazon Smile, we really want to hone in on that exact psychology. So that's why with change, we um, actually power digital avatars as well. So after a customer makes any sort of redemption, they can then personalize their digital avatar and go talk about their impact online. This content is branded with a nonprofit. It's very educational. So it has the mission of the nonprofit. So consumers can educate their peers as to how and why they made that impact. Yeah, exactly. Like we recognize that we give differently than the way our parents gave. And so modern day tools to actually add that to a product should be different. We do different things and we give it different amounts, different frequencies, and we like to talk about it differently. Um, and in that same regard, you know, developers today, and actually Umar and I kind of experienced this because we built a mobile app and we actually built a mobile app so that anyone could donate to, you know, five nonprofits that we chose through that mobile app. And in that process, we realized how difficult it is to actually do that. We had to connect with those nonprofits directly, have them onboard into our Stripe platform. And it was, you know, it took us a couple months just to get that launched. And we realized, hey, if there's, you know, an everyday developer that has a side project that has a cool idea to make it so that now all of a sudden when you shoot a tree in their game, you can plant a tree, it's way too much effort. And we want to make it so that if you have that idea, you know, you have the tools to make it happen within a day. And all of a sudden, we think there will be a lot of really beautiful and interesting ideas that come about. Um, I think it's you, you, we brought up the idea of or the the concept of the the Fortnite game, and and uh, I think it's Team Trees is what it's called. Um, that's definitely you know a lot of the initiatives out there, um, whether they're uh, coming from influencers or YouTube creators or whatever it is. Um, as you said, Sonia, our generation uh, definitely has a different way of approaching uh giving back and um you know some might call it um 
conceited when you post about it on Instagram, but I think uh, I, I, I see it from a different angle when, uh, you know, I can inspire or activate people of my age to uh, at least see that I was giving back and hopefully get them to do the same. So I think the social component of what you guys have also built into your app is or, or into your platform is um, is really critical, especially for the younger generation. So um, moving, you know, moving more into uh, the actual platform itself and, and more of the technicals behind it. You know, I'm curious, you know, from a, a technical perspective, what is the most complicated part of of your SDK? What's what's uh, been taking up your time these days? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of things take up our time, that's for sure. Um, the number one technical challenge is honestly delivering a good developer experience. And so this is where we always bring up Stripe, how payments itself are very confusing. There's so many different things going on, but Stripe makes it as simple as, quote unquote, dropping a few lines of code in. And we always laugh about that because there's so many products nowadays with the rise of all these different SaaS companies that say, hey, just drop in a few lines of code and you know, voila, magic. But in reality, as soon as you start diving into those docs, you realize like, oh gosh, this is going to take me a couple hours. And we don't want to be that. We want to truly be living up to the standard of you drop in a few lines of code and we've abstracted how we actually pay out to these nonprofits. We've abstracted how we vet with the, vet these nonprofits, how we pull in all this digestible data, how we're generating those avatars. We have a lot of different facets in our product. And so being able to actually create a very intuitive API to interface with that is like our number one uh, challenge today. You know, how do you update your code base to reflect integrations that are relevant to the current moment? So, you know, to give you an example, um, this year or the 2020 and, and continuing into this year has been a lot of social movement around Black Lives Matter, for example, and the uh, the racial inequities in this country. So uh, when it comes to, you know, integrations that are relevant to that current moment in, in the social timeline, um, how do you update your platform to reflect that in a more sort of automated way so that it's very easy to plug in, plug out, um, and, and kind of be on the pulse of, of that social timeline? Yeah, so the way that we've really set up this platform is that you can pay out to any nonprofit. And the way that we really think about getting nonprofits is we rely on the de facto, um, you know, the, the go-to in the industry, which is GuideStar. And we basically, you know, pull a lot of our vetting process from them, being able to pull all the nonprofits from them and really relying on someone who set the industry standards so high where it's always just good to, you know, have that partnership with them. And a few of the other like vetting tools that we pull in, we just pull directly from the IRS's website. You know, that way it's never, you know, what's, it's never a question of this is changes opinion. It's more of, okay, this is what the industry norm is. This is where we're getting all of our nonprofits. This is where all the vetting information is coming in. So it's even easy for, you know, any developer to really integrate and honestly, frankly, learn how to use the platform. Yeah, and I actually just wanted to add on to that because Umber's totally right. We have set up this platform to be, you know, agnostic and souped up to pay out to basically every vetted nonprofit here in the US. But, you know, you brought up a really interesting point where there's so many different cultural shifts, and that comes back to the speed of culture where brands are actually witnessing these movements evolve and they're looking for resources to actually figure out, okay, how do I respond correctly? How do I align with the right nonprofit that's you know really satisfying this need that my customers are talking about? And so that's where our dashboard comes into play. And we are always focusing on revolutionizing the workflow. So while we are you know an API first platform where an engineer has to go ahead and quote unquote drop in a few lines of code, after that, we don't want an engineer thinking about change. We want to make it so that all of a sudden you can update your campaigns, 
change which nonprofits you're aligning with right there in the dashboard. So the people who are making those decisions, which are quite frankly going to fall in the CSR departments, in the marketing departments, can make those calls and change it themselves. And more than that, we actually also suggest nonprofits that are, you know, time-based. So in that dashboard, you'll have suggestions saying, hey, we see that, you know, customers today care more about this type of movement. And here are a few nonprofits that change has looked into and we think could be a good fit. We don't force it on you. We don't automatically flip it because brands care about their alignment, but we do provide them a go-to resource to be able to respond in critical moments. How can you make sure that change is not caught in the middle of uh, offering the wrong suggestions, so to speak, or that the, the nonprofits that are part of your developer platform, how are you kind of vetting those periodically to make sure that they are indeed um, uh, not only legit, but also are uh, truly imp- uh, you know, relevant in that current uh, um, social, cultural space? Yeah, that's a great question. So that's where it kind of comes back to relying on GuideStar, where we're pulling all that vetted information in, in terms of their financial information, accountability information. And then also to answer your other point about, like, how are we just making sure that we're staying on top? So the IRS has, you know, a lot of that information publicly available on their websites, making sure nonprofits still have their good standing, maintain their 501c3 status. So we directly pull information uh, from these websites, look at their Form 990s, and, you know, it's all publicly available. So just, you know, relying on GuideStar and the IRS to really, you know, make sure that we're doing everything by the book is something that we place a lot of importance on. You might be one of the few people that relies on the IRS for anything. Moving, moving kind of over to what we talked about earlier with Stripe um, and patterning, patterning your successes after what they're doing. You know, obviously they, this is a, this is a quote that I found in my research, um, you know, regarding Stripe. They've quote, made payment acceptance and now card issuance easier than ever and have transformed what used to be a business decision into a technology decision. Um, and in that way, they've kind of changed the narrative of, of what a payment engine truly means or what payments, digital payments mean. Um, so when it comes back to your SDK and, and how you're kind of essentially the Stripe for donations, what successes have you noticed in what Stripe is doing and how can you or how have you applied those towards uh, your developer experience? Yeah, I mean, you know, you called it out already. It's the developer experience. And um, I actually previously worked at Braintree, which is a direct Stripe competitor. So I've thought about Stripe. I've thought about their differentiators day in, day out for a few years, actually. And, you know, what they did differently is, one, their actual API design is just intuitive. So that's why it is our you know, number one technical challenge is to make sure that you look at this as a developer and it clicks, it makes sense. And that's something that just takes time and refinement. But we do also look at Stripe's docs day in, day out and say, hey, how did they model something that is in the payments world that is really similar to in the donations world? And as you can imagine, there's a lot of parallels. And so we're leaning on that because we also can expect that most developers that are working with us have seen Stripe before, have seen their standards, and it will be even more intuitive for them to be like, oh, okay, this reminds me of Stripe's, you know, payment intents, for for example. Um, but also, the other thing is discoverability. And this one is a little bit more nuanced that I think over time we'll grow into more and more. But Stripe, from a developer perspective, is a well-known name. We recognize them as someone who is, you know, one, has a great engineering culture internally, but two, also has, you know, really been at hackathons, has been really present in the developer community, and is one of those things that's really quick and easy to pick up. And so over time, we want to be something that when an engineer thinks, oh, I want to add donations, change. It's the first one that comes up. 
And whether that means going to hackathons, you know, being more relevant on Twitter, involving ourselves in the developer community day in, day out is something that Stripe has done, I think, in a very interesting way. And we'll have to learn and aspire to do that over time as well. That's definitely true. You know, Stripe is, is a very well-known name, uh, not only in the payments world, but in, in the tech world in general. And I think they've made a name for themselves when it comes to being the, the gold standard of a good developer experience, as we talked about. I want to talk a bit about uh, nonprofit integrations and, and the nonprofit um, software space in general. So obviously your platform is making it easy for businesses to have their customers donate to selected nonprofits. Um, but on the flip side, nonprofits themselves are in a big need of technical overhaul. Um, and when it comes to the software and, and infrastructure that nonprofits are operating, um, you know, having being in the space, where do you think that these nonprofits are falling behind? So one of the biggest reasons that nonprofits are falling behind is, in my opinion, not actually just due to software. It's actually due to misinformation. So, for instance, when you take a look at a nonprofit's p it's basically bucketed into three things, program expense, admin expense, and fundraising expense. And in reality, when you're p and are scrutinized as much as these nonprofits are, they're, you're basically not paying your employees. You're basically you know, incentivized to rebucket these expenses. And the issue is that it's harder for these nonprofits to attract new talent. And there's been a, lo- a lot of you know talk in this industry where you know things like admin expense are over oversimplified for nonprofits, and then they're held to unreasonable standards. So their nonprofits are never evolving with you know new talent coming into the space. And if you kind of take a step back and even look at all the technology that nonprofits have, there's a lot of big players in the space. There's Blackbot, Benevity, and you know they are actually the ones who are you know, driving that software. And those are very comparable like industry software for names they're very good they're very established but it's, you know it's primarily coming down to the fact that you know a lot of these nonprofits are just held to some ridiculous standards and it's very hard for them to keep their costs down yeah that's true um, and you know a lot of those common use cases for software in nonprofits they include things like donor management fundraising volunteer management so it's kind of like a, a, a what a CRM does right think of you know Salesforce for example and so when you mentioned that uh, a lot of the difficulties are not necessarily in, not, don't stem from the, the technology side, but more so on kind of this uh, guilt that these nonprofits might have uh, as far as their exp- managing their expenses for expensive hardware or for um, developer hours, things like that. Where do you think uh, these CRMs or these kind of management platforms play into that? Um, are there... Are there some good players out there for that space? Is that a market that has been well tapped into or is that still something that is pretty much largely untouched because of those other reasons you mentioned earlier? Yeah, in in, in my opinion, um, like the, the players in the space, like the Black Buds and the Benevities, you know, they do a tremendous job really supporting these nonprofits. Anytime we're, you know, we've spoken to these nonprofits, they speak very highly of these software platforms. Um, the, you know, when we're talking about these program expenses and admin and fundraising expense and the bucket of those, that actually kind of goes back to the outdated form, to how outdated their Form 990s are. So to just explain a little bit about what a Form 990 is, it's basically the 10K, 10Q version for a public company where a nonprofit has to file this document. And that's where they're basically forced to you know, push all their expenses into certain buckets. And that is really that outdated 
um, issue versus like the actual software that's, that these nonprofits are using. Yeah, and actually you mentioned Salesforce, but they also have uh, a CRM that they've delivered specifically for nonprofits. So Salesforce has salesforce.org, which is like their nonprofit focused sector, and they have CRMs that cater to, and I believe have different pricing even for nonprofits, which we've noticed with a lot of uh, companies yeah. that aren't nonprofit focused, like Stripe, Braintree, PayPal, they will have versions of their product that deliver for nonprofits and have discounted pricing. One of the other areas in which I think nonprofits fall behind or is a problem for them is donor retention, um, which is the idea of uh, if you've had someone donate once, how can you get them to come back? How can you get them to keep donating either for that specific cause or for a different similar cause? With what platform, with the platform you guys are building, is there a potential for you to have any impact on that? Yeah, so that what you described is actually called the golden donation in the nonprofit world. And they always talk about how, okay, you got someone to donate once. That's obviously amazing. But the golden donation is basically once you get them to donate a second time, the, the studies have shown that they're infinitely more likely to become a more regular recurring donor. And so that second donation is really key. And as far as how change plays into that, it comes back to augmenting a routine, right? So what we're doing is we aren't changing someone's routine and asking them to start going to a new website or start doing something differently to make an impact. Instead, we're enhancing an everyday action and saying, okay, now you have the option to make an impact with something you were already going to do. So we're hoping by making routines just inherently more impactful and providing that option more naturally into everyone's day-to-day -day actions, they will become you know, more frequent givers because now you're seeing it and now it's part of your everyday story. And whether it's the same exact nonprofit or perhaps you see new nonprofits come up with the brands that you regularly shop at, if you see it, at places that you go to often, you're more likely just to opt in. We're basically trying to loop in giving back into them. So like now, for instance, you have a lot of credit card points. Being able to give credit card points to your favorite nonprofit and actually donate those dollars, that's just you know an another way where these customers can basically become recurring donors and being able to donate things like your energy and all of that. You know That is ultimately why we're really building change to make giving second nature in all aspects of life not just at point of sale. Do you see your guys in the future, see yourselves uh, partnering with credit card companies to say, you know, for example, I, the uh, credit card company that I use, they have, I have my points that I get every, uh, every, for every purchase I make. And then every quarter, there are different activations that uh, I can use for Target, Walmart, uh, restaurants, whatever it is. Is that part of your product roadmap to have uh, hopefully some integrations with, um, into the points system that is used by, you know, pretty much everyone who has a credit card. Yeah. It, yeah. That hundred percent is, I mean, we're, we're talking to these white label credit card companies right now. And if you kind of even peel this layer back, there's a lot of times like, you know, these credit card reward systems are just one thing, but there's also all these loyalty programs and a lot of these like massive brands, like if you kind of think of the gap in Nordstrom's, they have a credit card, they have this other massive like loyalty program internally. So we're actually also targeting the providers for these loyalty programs to basically, you know, unlock a, a variety of different loyalty programs, rewards networks, all with one swoop. So those are the exact types of companies that we'd actually, you know, love to get in touch with and roll our SDK out too. Yeah, I see a lot of integrations, you know, with credit card companies and the rewards programs with even influencers who are able to drive that action, you know, when it comes to donations. Totally. I mean, influencers, creators, they're brands too, right? We think of brands as traditional folks like Frito-Lay, but today 
any given individual can be a brand. And, you know, we even saw TikTok, right? Now TikTok lets uh, creators actually put a nonprofit in their bio to kind of suggest to their fans, you can go ahead and donate to the nonprofit that I align with. So we're seeing players like TikTok recognize this trend and understand that creators, influencers want to make an impact with their platform. I want to move into the third and final segment of, of our conversation, which is more along the lines of the API economy. And for our listeners who aren't aware of what that is, I'll kind of give a preface before we dive in. Um, you know, over the past few, year, few years, we've seen a lot of uh, businesses being created, uh, whether they're B2B, B2C, around this idea of um, creating a programmable endpoint where they can connect with a company's uh, information. So obviously an API is, is something that lets you access that company, whether it's a bank, a, um, a donation platform, whatever it is, um, to connect with their platform and easily exchange information. Um, and through that exchange, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, economic opportunity as well. Um, and so, you know, obviously your, your company's product being that uh, API platform makes you part of that API economy. Um, and so I'm curious, uh, you know, what trends or kind of hurdles um, are we kind of expecting to see in the API economy? You know, some of the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are obviously um, security uh, and data governance. Those are big issues that are have been around for a long time um, in the API economy, but are gathering more importance as of recently. But you know, beyond that, what what kinds of uh, what kinds of hurdles are you seeing in in uh, in this space when it comes to making a business out of an API? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. So you, you mentioned security lately, but I'm just going to dive into that a little bit more because that's something that we've been talking about quite often. Um, and as the API economy is booming and more and more players are entering in it, you know, there's the the golden MVP. Everyone talks about let's get an MVP out into the wild. And before, when it was just your personal mobile app and you know it was just your own users and your own system, you define the security that lives in there. And if you take shortcuts here and there, it's not great but you aren't asking other end users and end merchants to actually trust their systems in your hands. So now as an API, security is you know, a first class citizen. That is a very, very important thing that you have to make calls on day one. And the reason for that is because you know, our Shopify app is a great example. When you have an API and it gets bundled up as a Shopify app that now other storefronts are downloading, it's impossible for them to know all of the inner workings and the mechanics of the security that goes on behind that Shopify app. And so it's suddenly becoming something that becomes more and more difficult to track. And it has really, really drastic consequences if things go wrong, because it's not just one storefront. Now it's every storefront that has the Shopify app actually installed. And so because of that, we think that as more people try to come into the space and are building quick solutions that get excited, you know, have their quick MVPs out in the wild, it's more and more important for security to become something that's talked about early, early on in, you know, a company's life cycle. And so I'm curious from your perspective, is there, um, is there any connection between the no code movement and the API economy and, you know, what, what kinds of things could we see coming out of the, the interconnections between those two things? The no, the no code movement is definitely something that's been uh, taking off and you know a lot of a lot of companies are playing import, importance on it so one of the ways that we're trying to tap into this is basically taking out this whole concept of csr away from the tech team and purely in the hands of the marketing or the csr team so an example that we or a company that we try to draw a parallel to is webflow 
So Webflow basically made it where if you want to make any website changes, you no longer have to go to the developer on your team. You can, you as a marketer or as anyone else can basically go into a website and make the changes. So that's exactly what we want to do with social impact. So after the tech team initially integrates the SDK, now you're a marketing team and you see COVID-19 pop up, you can quickly open the change dashboard. You can see some nonprofits that you like around PP&E or around healthcare. You can quickly choose it and then launch a campaign instantaneously. You no longer have to go and talk to your dev team and get it on the roadmap. You can just instantly start going and really keep current with the times. So that's actually really something that we want to uh, place a lot of importance on. Another trend that we've also seen, and we've talked about a couple of times um, throughout this podcast is the developer experience, right? Because the first part about our product is the developer has to integrate it. Then the marketing team and the CSR team can virtually be on autopilot. So that's you know another importance that we really want to make sure that if you're a developer, it's very easy for you to use change. So kind of to wrap up, guys, um, I think we've talked about a lot of interesting topics uh, throughout this this episode, and I think our listeners would definitely um, take away a lot from it. And so, um, you know, where can they follow your journey on socials and keep up to date with what you guys are working on? Yeah, you can follow us at Get Change on Instagram. Um, we'll be rolling out our platform to more and more brands. So hopefully you'll just start seeing our product out in the wild. Our first integration that will be going live will be a Shopify. So we'll have a lot of brands popping up there in Q1 of 2021. Um, we are looking for another engineer. So you can check us out on our website, uh, getchange.io, where we post our job listings, our latest products, our blog, where you can hear our thoughts. Um, and yeah. One question that, that I always like to ask before we wrap up um, our episodes, and it's it's uh, something that I think will be kind of hard for you to answer, but you know, from our discussion today, what is maybe the most one most important takeaway that you urge the listeners to walk away with? So you know, the biggest thing that that comes to my mind here is that it's actually you know one of the foundational thoughts that Sonia and I had as we were building this company, and is that if it's if social imp- impact is important to you then it's gonna be important to all the brands that you shop at, that you spend your time at, and that you that you talk about online. So, you know, we see the, the rising generation, like the Gen Z, all these high school kids, college kids, really being vocal. And honestly, you know, they're an inspiration for us where, you know, if you're vocal, you have a voice. Talking about social impact is honestly the biggest way to get things done. So, you know, that that's what, uh, you know, something that's been really important to us. Yeah, I love that. Such a positive message. Anything else to add before we sign off? No, just thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed, follow our pages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Gonna hit 2021 strong. So look forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys.